What's up, everyone? This is Adam Mades from DNVR, excited to talk to you about American financing. Everyday bills are high, and everything is still very expensive, which is why, if you own a home, I want you to call our friends at American Financing. Interest rates are lower than they've been in a long time. They're saving their customers, on average, $854 a month by tapping into their home's equity and wiping out high-interest credit card debt. Their salary-based mortgage consultants are in it for you. Their job is to save you money. Call American Financing and tell them DNVR sent you today, and you may be able to delay two mortgage payments. That's 303-695-7000, 303-695-7000, or go to AmericanFinancing.net slash DNVR. Welcome into the, the, oh no, I already screwed up. I can't be hosting this, damn it. Uh, the, 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 damn, okay, can we start over yet here? I suck at this. <laughs> <laughs> the DNVR Sports Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sports Podcast. God damn it. Why does it say DNVR then? Because that's our company. I'm reading off of the page. Oh, I know. Wow, we got a, this has been a, this has been a rough home? showing. <laughs> no, AJ, this is AJ. He wants to go home. That's RK over there. That's true. We have a fun show planned for today. Uh, we are going to be ranking all of the champions because what's more fun than talking about which of our champions are the worst? Yeah, seems like a. What about which idea. of our champions are the best? Let's let's just arbitrarily rank them, tear a few of them down <laughs> along the way, act like they weren't any good, and then move on. It'd be great. Yeah, some of them just weren't deserving, honestly. How fucking sick is it that there's six now? Six is a good number. Yep. Next one's gonna be for Elway. I. I was th- like, I, I'm it's kind of crazy to think that we've got six in like my lifetime. I know. Yeah. Well, not I always like, say not ten... like, oh, there's a 1965 oh, thrown yeah. in there, and <laughs> we're like talking about Bill Russell and shit, yeah, right? Well, like, <laughs> it, it it is, and I always say ten in a lifetime. That's a you lived a good life as a sports fan if you get ten. We're all on pace. I'm at eight. Wow. We're not counting KU basketball. <laughs> we, we definitely are because. Those happened. When I was a kid, I liked Duke. So do I get to claim those now? I sure. think I'm probably at 10. Sure. I did it. I did it, guys. You uh, watch <laughs> a lot of their games? No, I don't give a fuck. I don't, I think one of the, your most exciting uh, upsets was when my Lumberjacks beat them. <laughs> I'm, I, I was probably cheered for Stephen F. Austin in that game. That was sweet. I was too. <laughs> Today we are not counting college championships. Uh, oh, okay. We are we're going pro sports only, Big Four only. Yeah. So, so like, love the mammoth and the outlaws and all that. Like, yep. No disrespect. I gotta yep. say, love that the Rapids, Rapids team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Connor Casey, dude, best champion in that Rapids team history. existed. <laughs> so by this, but. No way they were gonna win that, and somehow they <laughs> put a torn ACL on the way there. How I many? gotta say that the 2014 Outlaws, unbeatable. You know the year though. That's cool. I've just guessed. If you guess any year, <laughs> yeah, there's a chance the Outlaws Did won the that year. Did the Colorado Crush ever get one? Yes. yes. Yeah. Graham Harrell or no Damian Harrell? Uh, I had a John Dutton jersey. Yeah, John D- Dutton to Harrell. That now, was a connection. No, that name has been kind of claimed by the guy in Yellowstone. Is there anyone else we need to give a nod to? Ninety Buffs. Yeah, Ninety Buffs is not, the big one. Also, not really invited to the party. Sorry. But Every d- d- hockey championship ever comes from like CU or Denver. So that's I mean, fun. The, the Pios. I mean, yeah. yeah. I say hockey, but the Pios deserve some. All, every CU skiing team ever. Exactly. Uh, the Steeple Chase. 
Los Steeplechase champions <laughs> up at CU. But no, no, no. Point is, we've got the three yeah, Avalanche stretching. championships. We've got the three Broncos championships. And these two both put together their rankings. Uh, so you didn't have to put your rankings together? I'm hosting. I'm oh, hosting. I'm throwing some, it to you guys. This is some Kirk wow. Street I was, shit. I turned like... Can't take a wow. pick because, uh, you know, I'm announcing the game. Four of these happened before I turned five. So okay. I, don't, I don't have like the... I can go back and look, do those sorts of things, just not the same. Uh, we're going to get to the rankings later on in the show. We want to start just by kind of running through what happened in all these. Starting with the first one. We're going through in chronological order. 1995, 1996, Colorado Avalanche. They win the cup. 104 points. Uh, wind up only losing six games in the in the Stanley Cup playoffs. What what do you know about this team, AJ? Which one? I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. 95, <laughs> 96. Damn it. <laughs> no, they were uh, like the the big the the biggest thing is that the season started, uh, and they made two like gigantic trades. After that season started, when they because they traded for Claude Lemieux, who had just won the cup the year before with New Jersey, but was holding out. Uh, so they traded for Claude Lemieux, and then they traded for Patrick Waugh. Uh, oddly enough, they traded for Patrick Waugh the night after a ten to two win over the Sharks. Like, wow! Imagine like beating a team that badly and then being like, okay, well now we've added uh, the greatest goaltender of all time, <laughs> so we can win that game ten to nothing next time around. Is there precedent in any other sport that compares to that trade? Like, at what other sport? Because would you like you could definitely make the argument that goalie is the most important position in hockey. Yeah. <laughs> so in any other sport, has the best player at the most important position been traded mid-season? Mid-season, I mean, obviously Gretzky got traded. Okay. Obviously, yeah. the Eric Lindros trade was like yeah, the the crazy one, like enormous shockwaves. Um, like yeah, uh, you know, with Lindros being one of the most anticipated top prospects, even today, he would be a top five, like one of the most anticipated. Like like everybody understood this guy was going <laughs> to be a, a a franchise player. Like the Broncos trading for Russell Wilson is even like. In unprecedented territory of yeah. like trades for superstars, established like yeah, you know this guy's going to the Hall of Fame someday, right? Exactly, yeah. and that just that stuff doesn't happen. But for Patrick Waugh, that is the best goalie of all time traded in the middle of the season. Well, and and yeah. the way that it happens, like talk about sabotaging yourself in such an epic way yeah. that your coach leaves him in there and embarrasses him in a game in which he's getting lit up against the Red Wings. The crazy thing Maybe is that Bassey will uh, demand a trade to the Avalanche for being left in there in we, game two. Yeah. We've been we've been we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for Carey Price for the the Carey Price domino, and now it's like nobody wants Carey Price. Yeah. <laughs> He's too old, too expensive, too many problems. As great a guy as he is, but that I mean, you are right. But it is also a unique situation in just the way that it all unfolded because it wasn't. You know, it wasn't like we knew of like serious, serious issues and, before yeah. he literally goes over and tells the owner during the game, I'll never play for you again. Right. And as we've learned about Patrick Waugh since, he's a very um, spontaneous well, person. Well, pa Patty has <laughs> Patty's ways. Uh, yeah. You know, he's he does what he's going to do. And when he makes up his, when he makes up his mind, that's how it goes. Yep. Yep. Going into the seasons, so this is the first season that they're in Colorado. Yeah. They were plus 800 to win the cup. 
That's without Patrick Waugh. Well, so their last year in, in Quebec City, uh, they were great. They were upset in the first round of that postseason. So that's got to make it so much more painful. Yeah, it wasn't. Fans. It wasn't like this was. You know, you you had you had second year Peter Forsberg yeah. coming in. You know, you had prime Joe age Sackett. Joe Sakic mm-hmm. and Adam Foot. Uh, it was a it was a team with a lot of talent. You know, Deadmarsh was still young, mm-hmm. Kamensky was still in that in that window, and then they trade for Claude Lemieux, who gives them that extra edge, that edge, that snarl. And was was arguably one of the greatest playoff performers ever, uh, and then and then when you add Patrick Waugh, because coming into the year, I mean, look like uh, Stefan Fisay, as we saw, went on to have a solid career in the NHL you yeah. know, as a starter for the Kings, and uh, Jocelyn Thibault was a like the goalie prospect in the NHL. He was. The way that we talked to the, that Thibault got talked about back then, so the way that we talked about Spencer Knight, yeah. and Jake Ottinger, mm-hmm. like those young, this guy's going to be a yeah. superstar at the position. He's going to be the best of the best. And then, uh, you know, they they felt like, hey, well, we can improve here. It's, we can, we can, it's Patrick Waugh. <laughs> and we, we actually found out uh, Pierre Lacroix had been trying to trade for Patrick Waugh for a while. And it was never going to happen with the team in, in Quebec City. Right. There was no chance that yeah. the Canadians were going to move <laughs> Patty Watt to to the Nordiques. There was n- no. Yeah. It's it, it's it would be like uh, you know it would be like the the, the Penguins trading Sidney Crosby to the Flyers. Right, you know? right, right. Like there was just not. It was not going to happen. Um, and then when that team moved to Den, you know, and then Pierre Lacroix was the guy that had the the stones. Uh, the the to to make that kind of a move, and that's really I think what put them on the path to where they ended up. I wish one of us was a little bit older, mm-hmm. so we could understand what it was like to not just have a team just show up, yeah, overnight, mm-hmm. yeah. but also be good when they got here, and then just be like, "Fuck it, we're doing, we're getting better, and we're just gonna go like like." I can't even imagine the rush of getting the team, the rush of them being awesome already, winning ten to two that night, and then the next day finding out like, oh, now you have the best goalie. Like, well, like I can't. That, it's all happened so fast. You mentioned, but I mean, like, they're what eight games into the season they trade for Claude Lemieux. Yeah. And like Claude Lemieux just won the Conn Smythe the year before. <laughs> so if you were familiar with hockey at all, and this team shows up in Denver on your doorstep, and then you're like, oh, oh my God, we've got Peter Forsberg, you know, who again. Was just starting out, and oh my, we've got Joe Sackick and Adam Fuller. Mm-hmm. We've got some great players here, and then they add Claude Lemieux two weeks into the season. Like, if you're familiar with hockey, you're like, "Holy crap, man! These yes. guys mean business." Yes, <laughs> and then you fast forward three months to the to December, and you get they add Patrick Waugh, and you're just like, uh, "Okay, ever, yeah. I guess." Like, a, well, it makes sense why there's such an amazing group of Avs fans from that generation because it's just mm-hmm. like they must have just come in and just took the whole place by storm, you know, yeah. even before yeah. they won the cup. Well, it imagine, just must have been so fun to be like, oh, shit, this team is awesome. I imagine it's it's basically the same thing that we saw in Vegas mm-hmm. where the expectations, nobody really knew what, what was going to happen going in because it was an expansion team. Expectations right. were pretty low. Uh, but then when it when it they took hold and they just started winning games and they you know the city just got wrapped up in it 
and it just created these diehards. Yeah. <laughs> and now that's, a, I mean, look, they're incredibly annoying, and we all hate them. But who the Vegas fans oh, and oh, the city oh, yeah, yeah, and all yeah. them. Yeah. But but like you love you you love it's how the game. Yeah. yeah, it's great. It's great because especially with the the old school mentality of. Hockey in the desert, are you serious? Has this already not failed in Arizona? Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, which is a whole other conversation. conversation. Yeah. But, like, the way that it just shows up and it just instantly works in Vegas is a great thing for the game. And, and now that's a that's an awesome fan base that, look, I, I can't stand Vegas fans, but you have, to, you have to respect that they care. Yeah, and it was one of the reasons why I thought they might even make it easier for the Kraken. Because I was just like, it worked. Yeah, like it, it just it sparked sucked them. for everyone, and it was unfair. Yeah, but it instantly made a, a hockey town out of Vegas. Yep. And the opposite happened with the Kraken this year, where just like they sucked. I didn't really hear anything about the hockey culture at mm-hmm. all in Seattle. Great sports town that wanted that is like dying to love the Kraken, but yeah. it's gonna be a couple of years though, for sure. Just wrapping this team up. I mean, is there like a, a moment that stands out? I feel like just raising the cup doesn't count because that's gonna. Yeah, I apply mean, to obviously, like look the the Detroit Red Wings that year won sixty two games, NHL mm-hmm. record. That was that's that's still maybe the greatest regular season mm-hmm. team in NHL history was mm-hmm. that Red Wings team that year. Uh, that the Avs opened the season against. First huh. game of the year was against Detroit. And little did we know, right? Like, yeah. We had yeah. no idea how that would be historically impactful. But I think that's it. Like, that's it's the 96 Avs are more remembered for the rivalry starting with Detroit than they are winning the cup. It's a cool comment mm-hmm. here. They say when the Avalanche showed up in Colorado, it instantly felt like they had been a team here forever, like the Broncos. Speaking of the Broncos, jumping in about a year and a half later, the Broncos won their first Super Bowl. They've been to a bunch, obviously. Go 12-4, and four, um, beat the Jaguars 42-17, beat the Chiefs 14-10, beat the Steelers 24-21, and then beat the Packers in the Super Bowl. Um, just, Ryan, what, what stands out about that season? Well, I, I've said this a lot over the last few weeks, but I'll say it again here. I think the Avs helped inspire this season. Hmm. Um, you know, John always the guy. He's Denver. And he's gotten so close and not gotten there. And then the Avs show up and they win the cup. And I just feel like L.A. was like, screw this, man. Well, and so there were two things I think that contribute to this. The Rockies show up and become the fastest expansion team in sports history to make the postseason. Mm-hmm. Because they made it in 95. And then, and then the Avs show up and win the cup. And all of a sudden, like... You know, Mr. Big Britches himself, John Elway, is looking around like, I'm the best quarterback in NFL history, <laughs> and I'm not even I'm not even the primetime athlete in my own city anymore. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I think it's important to mention that. And then I think the other thing here is they had just had the maybe the biggest letdown of the entire era the year before when they lost mm-hmm. to the Jags. Yep. And so then they turn around and they get the Jags again in the first mm-hmm. round and just – pulverized them. And this is where the revenge tour exactly. right. storyline came in. And it's similar, you know, um, kind of to the Avs, like, getting over that second round hump this year. And it almost just felt easy after that, right? Like, for the Avs. Like, it was just like, okay, well, once now they're over that, like, they sweep to the Oilers and, like, you know, they go up 2-0 on the, on the Lightning. I would not say that the Stanley Cup final felt easy. I, I would just say, like, it felt 
I don't know. I gave up four years at the end of my life. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying it was, but I just mean like from like a stress standpoint. Mm-hmm. There's a certain thing of just like clearing a hurdle where you're just like, okay, now we just got to go be us. Yep. And I think that's what happened there. It's like they get the Jags again and it's like, uh-oh, <clears throat> this is their bugaboo. This is the scary Jags. Well, they, remember how that game look. starts. How like, so? That game, that game starts like, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Jacksonville blocks that punt. Yep. The oh, punk yep, goes yep. right into that dude's arm and he returns it for a touchdown. Just red flags. And you're and you're and you're getting like Vietnam little style <laughs> flashbacks, right? <laughs> Where you're just like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm about to live this horror again. Yep. And then they end up with I think multiple guys had 200 yards rushing in that game. Yeah, that like was... Von Hebron finished with like 80 yards rushing. Yeah, it's they yeah. pulled Derek Laville in that game because they're backup running back. They like sat him because they were like, ah, we don't need this guy no because point in risking him getting yeah hit. because they were blowing them out so badly that I just don't uh, I, I I don't know I don't know that there was a comparable for the Avs where it was like they stomped so badly but it was the way that the way how like how easy it was in that game the way that they like sent that message like. This isn't last year. I definitely think that it put them on that trajectory yep. to to go through the grind that they would go through the next two weeks. Right, and it's like you just you get past a certain hurdle, and you don't have to worry about it anymore. Now you just worry about you, and you worry about mm-hmm. you know playing your style of football. Um, I think you know we can go through each game. There's always got to be a Steelers game um, mm-hmm. in, in a Broncos playoff run. Um, the the Chiefs and the Chiefs in of I mean you're in you're in Kansas City, they're they're down at the end of the field at the end of the game, they're you know you you win that game by with essentially a goal line stand you know like they're they're throwing into the end zone to win the game mm-hmm. and you're that's that's how you that's how you stop them yep and uh, and that's you know winning in Kansas City you remember it used to, like winning in Kansas City in December used to be like. It still is. Nobody ever <laughs> did it, and then, and now like nobody just wins in Kansas City. But yeah. but back then it was still it was still like a huge huge thing, and like that was your division rival. They were better than you that year. They they won that division. Yep. Like, you're you're on the road that game. Mm-hmm. You're twelve and four, but you're on the road game that game for a reason. And I think Elway had a very average at well, best game like uh, that game finishes 14 to 10 right exactly yeah, yeah. i think so, he was like 13 of 29 or something like, like it was rough like they had to kind of scrape through that one yeah i can pull this up right here he was uh oh did i go by it there it is uh 10 of 19 170 okay. yards no touchdowns no interceptions so yeah had one rush went backward he also lost a fumble and that's 25 carries for td 101 <laughs> yards Two touchdowns. Just grinding it out. Yeah, grind it out Just, of the I mean, literally four yards in a cloud of dust. 25 carries for 100 yeah. yards. Oof. Yeah, grind. Just grind it out. Oh, but in both teams. like yep. Maybe it was the game before. Maybe it's the game after that Elway had, like, crazy bad stats. But that one, I mean, again, like you said, you know, you didn't win the division. They did. Yeah, and that's a that was a big game, and then obviously going into Pittsburgh. Yep, you know you've got Cordell Stewart at quarterback, and I love Cordell Stewart. Well, and that was the thing <laughs> is it was like it was like going against one of your own, right? Yeah, 
Yeah. So, um, let me see what the stats were in that one. I want to see if this was the game that. What you got? Okay, oh, in this one is 18 of 31 for 210 and two touchdowns. Um, but yeah, getting. He was not good in the Super Bowl. Well, in and so you get to this, you get to the Super Bowl. Yep. And that's where this one is a little bit like the Avs this year. It's like you're getting the team going for it and the old one totally, and the old yeah. one abs yeah you're the, talking about taking away the defending champion yeah and to put things in perspective i mean the, the packers are 11 point favorites in that game the packers went into the season plus 250 to win that super bowl did it 250 it, did it finish at 11 god i thought it was higher than Two, that. I, yeah i thought, I thought it, was it was 14 four. so did I. yeah i was surprised yeah, yeah and huh. that's crazy um if you're not into sports betting like there are it is rare in a given week in the football season mm-hmm. to have double digit favorites in the NFL. Like you'll get them, you know, mm-hmm. the Chiefs are playing the Texans and it's like a 16 point spread. But we're talking about the best teams versus the worst teams. You're talking about the Super Bowl. <laughs> get yeah. double digit spreads. This is the Super Bowl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Broncos are double digit dogs. And let's not forget that this is the team that can't get it done in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So no one is giving them a chance. Well, against against Defending champs, Brett Favre, back-to-back MVP. Yep, like you're talking about, like this. They were very much like the Tampa Bay Lightning just were. They were the final boss. I would love to live in an alternate universe where I could see what what like our coverage would have looked like leading up to that game. Because people like would have been a lot more high pitched. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was hopeful, you know. Um, but I people did not believe the Broncos were going to go beat the Packers. How could and you? I'm sure they did in Denver, and you know the fans were. Hopeful, but lost again, four Super Bowls to that point, right? right? They lost four, and they hadn't been in a long time. And it was mm-hmm. like, oh, they're, yeah, they're, here we go again. You know, they're kind of backing their way into the Super Bowl against this wild powerhouse. team. Yep. Plus 250 to win the Super Bowl before the season. That's wild. The Avs were plus 400 to win the Cup this year, and that felt like it was absurdly yeah. low odds. That's and just a crazy number. Were, you know, they're right. They protected themselves on that one. But, yeah, so... That you know, to go in and win that game, and there's so many. Obviously, the helicopters. You well, know, and, the, and the again, moment. how does Easily. that game start? First drive of the game, Green Bay just walks down the field, scores a touchdown, and that was your big concern about. You're having flashbacks of Montana Denver's to defense, Rice, and, mm-hmm. yep. you know Denver's defense was the big question because it was just okay. Yep. You know they were good players, but as a unit, they weren't very good. Yep. And yep. then the other big question was, well, okay, well Denver's offense is built around its running game now. And you remember their defensive line was gigantic, and Gilbert Brown in the middle of it, and they were it, the whole storyline was the Broncos don't have a single offensive lineman that weighs over 300 pounds. Yep. How are they going to handle the Packers' beef in the middle? How are they going to handle that defensive line that's going to chew up their running game, right? It's going to just dominate. Which, like, that and, was also by design, having a smaller line. Yeah. And, and it wasn't an accident. Right, but that wasn't the story oh, back then. Oh, totally not. The, totally. Story, the story was small line get beat up and that's not how that game went remember yeah by the end of it gilbert brown like on the one knee like please god let this be over (laughs) and that was a mike shanahan plant too yeah like he was hyping it up going to the media saying yeah "Yeah, they're not big enough like we're small i'm not sure if they can do it just get another skin like that and then they score four touchdowns in the game all four of them one yard touchdown runs so great so great and again I feel like it's a TD is almost underappreciated, and TD is adored mm-hmm. in this town. 
Yeah. But John Elway is John Elway, of course, and he mm-hmm. always will be, and he deserves to be John Elway. But TD in this game is 30 carries for 157 yards mm. and three touchdowns. In a game that, keep in mind, he got pulled from because he had migraines. Yep. And mm-hmm. sat out stretches of that game yep. and literally went back in and was used as purely as a decoy because he couldn't see. And John L is 12 for 22 for 123 yards and a pick. And the pick comes after the recovered fumble on the kickoff. So... Again, I'm not trying to t- I'm not trying to tear down John Elway here. I'm trying sure. to uplift TD. TD yep. is should I feel like I don't know. I feel like he should be revered even more than he is. Absolutely. That, I mean, it's just that a short whole career. playoff run yeah. is TD. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why he's in Whoa. the Hall of Fame. I was gonna say he's in the Hall of Fame because of his postseason success. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it started in that that playoffs. That's where it began his dominance. Where, look, Terrell Davis was a great regular season player, but what he did in the postseason still was pretty much unmatched in, in, NH, in, in NFL history. Yep. And uh, that's where it began. That was like the, and we look back on it now and we're like, that's where the journey started. Yep. But as we were going through it, it was like Terrell Davis hadn't won the MVP yet. He mm-hmm. was still on the ascent in that career. Yep. He hadn't, he was not Terrell Davis yep. yet. And you also have to remember it's, Nikola Jokic esque in the sense that he's a late draft pick. Yeah, it was a mm-hmm. sixth round pick that you and and this was, he was the first guy yep. of the late round undrafted of all the all the running back finds mm-hmm. that Mike Shanahan would 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 you know, go unearth yeah. during his time as as head coach. So and so in the same way, spent a lot of time on these two teams. I know, alone. I know. <laughs> yeah, on the sa- in the same way that beating the Jags was a hurdle, obviously winning the fucking Super Bowl is a huge lift off of their shoulders. Yeah. Um, they've now reclaimed the town, you know, uh, and... Mm-hmm. Well, and immediately put themselves on the map as the destination for guys that mm-hmm. wanted to go win. Because you yes. remember Neil Smith? Neil Smith, yes. Neil Smith becomes mm-hmm. a free agent, been terrorizing John John Elway his entire career in Kansas mm-hmm. City, and then says, I'm going to go take a one-year deal and go win, go win a Super Bowl in Denver instead. Sorry. And it works. And it 1998, works, man. Terrell Davis is the MVP. They they cruise to a Super Bowl, win every game by double digits in the playoffs. So this, yeah, the, this what was the Miami game? Was it 31 3? 38 3. Come on. Put some respect <laughs> on the name, AJ. But, but I don't want to jump too far ahead too fast because I think it's so yeah. important to realize that this team was like, oh, we win Super Bowls now. Yeah. That's just who we are. Yeah. The and, expectation went from. Like, they were the team that ended the AFC's losing streak in the Super Bowl to, like, this is the God Mode team now. Yes, and so they start 13-0, and mm-hmm. and it's just, like, it's just heaven in Denver at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like, everyone's like, oh, my God, we can never be stopped. What's crazy, though, is there's also two other dominant, dominant teams in the Falcons and the Vikings in the NFL, the Falcons go fourteen and two, just like the Broncos, and the Vikings go fifteen and one, mm-hmm. which Wild. is just crazy. It's funny the the Broncos from that year and the the parallel that I draw from the most recent abs is that at the end of the year they got bored. Yep, and that's where the Broncos lost those couple of games, uh, and that's where the abs at the end of the year they they finished four five and one, which keeps them from having a top five NHL regular season. Ever to go along with the postseason that they would put up, but it was it was fascinating. I think that both of those teams 
ended up creating doubt around them because they got bored at the end of the year because they had been so good for so long. They they clinched things. Things were, you know, they were good. Like, they didn't need those games anymore. They just had to play them. They were, like, obligated to play them. But they didn't need them for any reason. And those teams got complacent and bored, and then that created, like, this doubt yep. around them of, like, well, maybe they're not actually that good. Did they peak too soon? It's like our, it's like sports writers' favorite <laughs> they, conversation yes. every year. In the, you know, obviously we're a lot more privy to the way it happened this year with the Avs, but like you know, as much as the uh, Kendall column gets destroyed, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. There I mean, was it's some... one of the single <laughs> dumbest things I've ever read in my life. <laughs> it, it really, like it really, it really was the most. It was the most reactionary. I can't believe he didn't blow both knees out on the desk from how hard they, they had jerked to write that thing. Yes. It was the most absurd, stupid, uneducated, <laughs> like, just bullshit thing that I had ever read. That one of my least favorite things in our industry is getting accused of clickbait, and that's legitimately yep. all that was. He got that click, and he just started smoking a cigar. Yep. That's it's, all that was. The whole article could have just been a picture of him smoking a cigar. It's kind of crazy. it would have been better. It's kind of crazy um, <laughs> that, you know, it, there was a time that the, for lack of a better term, blog industry was the ones getting the clickbait stuff thrown at them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now it's the traditional places that are throwing out the bullshit clickbait. Anyways, I was going to say, as bad as that was, that let people off the hook for some terrible takes that came out during the four, five, and one stretch. I mean, just some awful garbage came out during that time. It was pretty funny because I went on, uh, I went on the, I went on Nine News and did a thing with them, and they were like, "So are you worried about this?" And I started laughing, and I was like, "No." Not at all. <laughs> I mean, they're, this is this is the stupidest thing. They're ever. resting everyone. Literally, if it if it, I I tell people, had it started a week earlier, I would have been concerned. But the fact that they blow out the Carolina Hurricanes the on home, home ice, they clinch the division, they clinch the home seed, they 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 do they do everything right. Like they clinch all of it in one night, and it starts the very next game. Really, really, yeah. really, really. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to act like this is not it, not a coincidence, really. Like they start sitting guys, like it was the it was the silliest shit, man. It was the si- Ben the Myers si- is playing <laughs> a guy that had just been playing college hockey a week before. In 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 the same way the that the silliest. Avs, you know, and we'll get to them in a second. Same way the Avs come out and just put all of that to sleep so quickly by sweeping the Preds. The Broncos do the same thing in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well. Dan Marino rolls in, and you're like, it's Marino, it's L.A., and then Marino forgets to get on the plane, as do the rest of the <laughs> Dolphins, essentially. And, like, 38-3, to that game was mm-hmm. never close. No. What was the end of that, what was the score of, the, of that game at the end of the first quarter? End of the first quarter, 14-0. Yeah, so you were already on your way. You were on your way. They hadn't done anything. There was no resistance in that game. Dan Marino, 26-37, 243 with two picks. Good for him. Yeah. You, I mean... I expected worse. The two picks do a lot of the work there, I guess, but I, I would have expected worse. I guess. I have three playoffs, points. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it's three points, man. They turn around the next week, do it again, 23 to 10 yeah. over the Jets. Well, and that game was, what, 3 nothing at halftime, I think? 
Like, um, yeah. And that was see. the one with the... Uh, that is 3 nothing at halftime. Correct. 20-point yes. third quarter. It's just over then. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and then it was like, what, Vinny Tessaverde going to come back on you on the road? No, dude. Yep, and <laughs> no, that, absolutely yeah. not. And then you get the all-time great break. In, well, that's what I was going to say. In, at in the Minnesota. same time, Minnesota blows it to the Falcons. This is one field goal all year. And that's the one that would have put them in the Super Bowl. It's incredible. Oh, that, that That's hurts. Minnesota, though. That's what they do. Yeah. Like, well, and had they not missed that field goal, then they would have found some comical way to blow the Super Bowl against Denver anyway. Probably. So. Or, or maybe there's an alternate universe, you know? We talk about how the Broncos broke through the year before, and it's like, oh, yeah, we win Super Bowls now. Like, what Minnesota, the entire state of sports, just takes a different trajectory because <laughs> they capitalize on that? It's, I'm not open to that idea. <laughs> I love that. I and love that. As much as, as much as Randall Cunningham, Chris Carter, and, and Randy Moss were it's like fun to watch that year. Rookie of the year that year. I'm not open to that. And I think it's important to note, like, even if Minnesota wins that, the Broncos are still a fucking powerhouse. Yeah. That now, it right. would have been a game. Been a, but the, it, We got robbed of that game the same way that we got robbed of Penguins abs in 96 with Lemieux, Yager, and Ron Francis against huh. Sackick and Forsberg and Waugh. Yeah, we got robbed of we got robbed of what could have been an all time great series. Instead, Super Bowl. The Broncos finish off a just insane year by blowing out the Falcons. Yeah, yeah, thirty four nineteen, and yeah. it's it, it, <laughs> the Dirty Birds. You know, Jamal Anderson didn't do a lot of dancing that night. No, I uh, I have two big memories of just that time. One is Rod Smith's. Long touchdown. Which barely was on TV because they came back yes, late from commercial. That, exactly. All of a sudden, you're just like, yeah. whoa! <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it, the way that it, the way that it yeah. unfolded, it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Is this live? <laughs> yes. Wait, what's going on here? And then you find out that it was Eugene Robinson who, remember, and oh. had played for the Packers the previous year. And remember, the, the sideline audio had caught him calling the Broncos the Indianapolis Colts. Because at the time, that was a sick burn. (laughs) (laughs) And and then Robinson goes to the Falcons the next year. He gets arrested right before that Super Bowl for soliciting a prostitute. And then comes out and then comes out and gets torched by Rod Smith on that play. And you're just like, this is is amazing karma. Just imagine that... It cuts back from commercial as Kadri's driving to the yeah right <laughs> right <laughs> yeah he's it's d- none of the play leading up just the part where yes. just the part where he gets the puck coming across the blue line yeah so you're just like uh, we are like oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm, I'm really excited but what the hell oh it's incredible in the Super Bowl yeah. the most expensive production oh, my God. in the world what is oh, what, what is the lasting moment of this season it's a tougher one because you don't have the helicopter. Like, I don't even know it's in the Super Bowl. Ooh, when that flashes up on the scoreboard. 2000 for TD. It's an Uh, MVP year for him. Yeah, I guess. That's fine. I'm good with that. It's so, but that's almost the the thing about this team is there there wasn't really moments. Yeah. Yeah. They just won. When you you (laughs) kick the holy shit out of everybody every week, you know, you're just sort of like, well, okay. Yep. Business what, as usual. What were the Broncos to win the Super Bowl that year? Uh, plus 800, I believe. Okay, so the same as Avs 96. Uh, oh. 
plus 600. They were plus okay, 600. Plus 600. Um, I, I, one Still final how? note on that season. Ed McCaffrey, Rod Smith, first ever wide receiver duo to, duo to both go for 1,000 yards. Carl Durrell, the wide receivers coach. Hey. Yeah. Way to get Carl in there. We've got also, three more Also, someone said no love for the Buffs in 1990. We did mm. give love. Yeah, we, guys, we gave them love. This is pro mm, big mm, four championships only. You yes. had to have missed the first, like, three minutes. I mean, we I guess we didn't give them these. much love. I just said they aren't invited to the party. Yeah. I guess that's really love, is we it? We have lots of parties for them in my heart. We... We do. We're all partying in Ryan's heart. Uh, and at those parties, we bring Breckenridge beers. Let's go. Inside his heart. Um, that transition, though. They've been doing so much awesome stuff. They've been taking Avs fans to Avs games. They've been donating money yeah. to the Boulder County Community Fund whenever somebody buys an avalanche for that whole playoff run. It's great stuff. We love them. They support us. They support the community. Give out a lot of free beers with that brew for a two, <sighs> uh, two for a brew promotion. There, there were a lot of twos. There were a lot of twos. Yeah, that was a good. They were good in the first period. It's good stuff. It's good beers. This Avalanche playoff run might technically be over, but I feel like tomorrow is a big day to be drinking Avalanche Amber Ales. It's kind of the last one. I'm gonna get slumped off breakfast tomorrow. If I know my name when they're <laughs> giving speeches, I'm. I, I failed. I failed. Tomorrow is the <laughs> ultimate celebration. Um, Breckenridge Brewery, they're awesome. Like I said, they support us. You should support them because that's how you help us. And uh, go to breckbrew.com to figure out where you can pick up whatever beer you want to try. Uh, also, DraftKings Sportsbook. We've got a new promotion from them. UFC 267? Sure. Yeah, UFC 267 is probably this weekend uh, on Saturday. There's some big fights on the card. You pick anybody to win their fight, bet $5 on it. You'll get $100 in free bets whether you're right or wrong. Um, they're All right. <laughs> Killed it. I think you said 267. Yeah. Oh, damn it. It's the same thing. Um but yeah, I mean it's awesome. Two sixty seven was a great one though. I bet. Two sixty seven. Yeah. Um I I made some bets yesterday. I lost a bunch of money on the women's soccer team. Uh oh. I and my issue with that one was like I know they're not gonna win this by five goals. The spread was four and a half. It's like it's it's soccer. Because so I was I'm like, well bet on Columbia. Exactly. I know Columbia's not gonna score, so we're just picking four zero exactly. And it wound up being two zero. So so I failed there, but I'm gonna win it back. Um so much fun stuff to bet on, baseball stuff to bet on, and like I said, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Have you ever done that? Betting on darts? Yeah. I'm not kidding. Rudo and I bet on that shit. Yeah. We need really? to go to a darts yeah. event. Oh, shit. Oh, this is the greatest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> do, do they do that in America? Yes. They actually just did yeah. in, what, New York a couple weeks ago? Sure. Yeah, I think so. Normally <laughs> they aren't here, but they that one was. Dude, because you, you can always tell. But Rudo's right. As soon as you see the guy... Really? In the, at the very beginning, you can always tell who's locked in that day huh. and who's about to have a bad day, and then you can just make money what off of that. What channel are they airing that on these days? It was in New York, 2022 U.S. Darts Masters. I that usually seems like a name. see it on one of the ESPNs. Okay. So. Right. Sounds okay. Good. Okay. I'm in on that. I'm going to assume, too. <laughs> <laughs> Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo Such code DMVR. Bet $5 darts. on any UFC 276 fighter to win. You'll get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code DMVR this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And by that, I think they mean must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. We got three championships to go through before we hit these rankings. Um, 
I feel like we kind of set the stage for all of them, right? Like, they're, you got to get the first ones in. Yeah. You kind of build off of those. Uh, next up, though, of course, is the second one for the Colorado Avalanche. They win in yeah. 2001. Uh, 118 points. Come into the season at plus 600 to win the Cup. Uh, they actually they got tested in, in those playoffs, right, AJ? Yeah. It was, it was a lot tougher postseason. Uh, started out pretty, pretty ho-hum. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that series against the Kings was war. Uh, they got shut out. Uh, Felix Potvin has the has the like series of his life. <laughs> Almost steals it from Colorado. The Avs win it in mm-hmm. seven. Lose Peter Forsberg to the spleen mm-hmm. removal surgery immediately after, uh, and then roll in uh, house the Blues as they always do in the postseason because uh, St. Louis ain't shit. And uh, then they have one of the all-time great Stanley Cup finals against the New Jersey Devils. The defending champs against the President's Trophy winning Avalanche. Um, Something like 10 Hall of Famers in in that series. Um, Just just an incredible array of talent, uh, generational superstars. It was heavyweight on heavyweight. I mean, that's, that's what that was. And the Avs, the Avs down 3-2 in that series go into New Jersey. Patrick Waugh plays uh, an incredible game, steals game six. They win game six, come back home, and uh, honestly, win game seven, kind of drama-free. Yeah. One thing that I think is important to remember about this is when we look back, we, we lump 96 and 2001 together as mm-hmm. if they're one thing mm-hmm. and there's a lot of pain there's so much time in between yeah. those yeah. and you lose forsberg it's just a here we go again yeah mm-hmm. you who, know who, we're getting it ri- our hearts broken again who who wins a who wins a championship when you lose arguably your best player it's very rare yeah mm-hmm. it's, it's very rare and uh, you like you're right in that we we lump them in, but like '97, you lose in the conference finals to Detroit. Yep. You watch your blood rival win two cups in a row. Yep. '98, you lose in the first round to Edmonton. It's an inexcusable, mind-boggling loss. And then two years in a row, you lose in Dallas in Game Seven. Yeah. And you have to listen. Uh, you have to listen to Dallas fans chant "Eddie's better" because. They think Ed Belfour is better than Patrick Waugh, and they yeah, beat you. They beat you twice in a row. And the Joe Sackick plays his worst postseason ever in '99. They get on the airplane to fly back to Denver after they lose, and Waugh, Foot, and Ray Bork go back and they they on the on the team airplane, and they talk to Joe Sackick and they say, "You have to be better." Ray Bork, Ray Ray will play one more year, but you have to be better. You you were not good enough in this postseason. You were too pedestrian, and you have to be a you have to be a leader for this team. This is Joe Sakic. We're the talking captain. About. Mm-hmm. We're talking about one of the ten greatest mm-hmm. skaters of all time here. Yeah, and these guys are telling these guys are telling him he needs to be better. But when you're Ray Bork, who's one of the five best defensemen ever, and Patrick Waugh, who's the best goaltender ever, you have that kind of cachet, cachet to say yeah. shit like mm-hmm. that to him. And and he. And and agrees. You he he says, bet. Yeah, and that's we're saying back then. That's what. (laughs) And you look at the year that the Abs had. They come out start of the year. Ray Bork signs a one year deal, and they come out and they dominate. 
the NHL that year. Wire to wire, best team in hockey, no doubt about it, left no doubt. They dominated that year and took it away from New Jersey, uh, got the home ice because they said, we're sick of going on the road for game seven. We're sick of it. We're not doing that anymore. And so their priority was, we want home ice. And so they took the President's Trophy very seriously. Juan Hayduk sat right there earlier in the regular season and I asked him and I said what what made you guys so driven to to win the president's trophy uh and and get that home ice and he just said we were tired of losing on the road we were tired of going into do or die games in somebody else's barn and having to tackle all the challenges that involved which is and why it pays off for them <clears throat> which is why I was anti not going for the president's trophy this year mm-hmm. because just imagine how different it is if instead of having the first two games of the cup at home as just like a celebration, you know, the whole thing was just so uh, like, I don't even know what the word is like angelic. Like it was just like heaven in Denver, yeah. the cup, you know, Stanley cup final or back <clears throat> instead you're on the road. And it's just like that you're up against that. Now, thankfully the Panthers mm-hmm. flamed out. <laughs> Like a well, and that was that flicker. was. This is why I wasn't that concerned about right. it. Is they because weren't built for it. There was very clearly two teams that were fighting for the president's trophy, and you're like, look, this is a team that has no postseason success whatsoever. If, if we see them in the final, then kudos to them, and we got to go through them. Yeah, but that wasn't the case. I mean, yeah. they were not battle tested in any meaningful way. But having home ice. Is huge. Yeah, it is. It's just so big. The, the the advantage is big for sure. Yep, yep. Lasting moment from two thousand one. I mean, yeah, Ray Bork. Uh, oh, the of cup. course, yeah, of I course. Mean, you're talking about one of the iconic NHL easy sports moments. moments right? Iconic yeah. sports moments. After I that, mean, though, you have the biggest break in not having a championship in Denver since, since they started, started winning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, get to 2015 with the Broncos. Six years. Yep. And this, <laughs> yeah. I um, I don't know how else to describe it, and, and I guess I'm giving away my rankings here. But this was the least fun championship season <laughs> ever. Yeah. Like I don't maybe in sports history. I don't know enough about how other fans feel about their championship seasons. This was a grueling, grind it uh-huh. out. I mean, every second of the season felt difficult. There was nothing easy that I mean, happened except for the game against the Packers. Peyton Peyton Manning like loses his job. Peyton Manning, like he was terrible. He was like <laughs> he was, uh, he was like um, the NBA stars in Space Jam. Like, <laughs> oh, he just lost his powers. He overnight. got monstered hard. Yes. Yeah. Regular season, nine touchdowns, seventeen interceptions. I'm telling you, Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, the guy who was here to just like make all of our lives amazing. And he did for three years. Yeah. Gets monstered. Yeah. And every second of that season was hard. It felt like crawling through a field of broken glass. (laughs) It really did. And I'm telling you, remember, you know, you're coming off of you made the Super Bowl in 2013. You lose in the first round in 2014. And it's just like, well, and so you have you have the mile high miracle, that's, right? That right, starts mm-hmm. all that, and so like, and so you're feeling like these missed opportunities are stacking yeah. up, and everyone was already feeling cynical about the whole thing, yeah. 
and it made for a miserable experience the whole season. I mean, sports radio. This was like at the peak of my sports radio listening days. Yep. Sports radio every Monday, really every single day, was a slog. It was why they're not good enough. This is Man. bad. They're screwed. There was never an off season for being miserable about a winning football team. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they won their first seven games. They're seven and zero, <laughs> and it felt yeah. horrible. Yeah. And like it almost just felt like they just keep like lucking into yeah. all that, these wins. That season is actually the season that took me off of watching every Broncos game religiously. It was because tough. I was Broncos fans were not fun to be around. <laughs> no. It was yeah. not a fun community to be a part yeah. of. It was angry all the time, no yep. matter what. It was angry all the time. And I think the big thing is this is an offensive juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Previously, mm-hmm. yeah, that overnight turned into a defensive juggernaut, and no one was like ready for it, like mentally. You didn't expect Peyton Manning to be terrible. Well, and Who right. saw that coming? We sat through how many stupid ass conversations about how Peyton Manning was such a great leader, and he was so smart that he would get all the guys in the right position to go three and out over and over and over and over. <laughs> and you were just like, dude, the offense is bad. Just. Just stop, just stop, just stop. Mm-hmm. But, but the defense wh- wh- keeps making plays. Right. And what I will say is eventually you started to believe in the defense. Mm-hmm. Well, and you just started to know. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Vaughn's going to do something crazy or DeMarcus is going to do something crazy. Somebody, Talib is going to make a play. Like you knew one of these guys was going to come up with the play that. Uh, pushes the offense to get it to to get it in just enough of a gear to get him across the finish line in a similar way that you just knew tebow was going to make a play when he had to yep. you just knew this defense was going to make a play when they had to it i it doesn't matter what you think about yeah. tebow in the end of those games you felt like something was going to happen and in the end of these games you felt like something was going to happen and they <laughs> strip sack teddy bridgewater and they house the jamal charles fumble and it's just like every week Keep Talib has the pick, or no, sorry, it's Darian Stewart who picks off yeah. Joe Flacco in week one. Like, it's just one after another. It's Bradley Roby week two against Kansas City yes. returns yeah. the fumble for a touchdown. Yeah. Forced five turnovers in that second game. Right. Like, that was the, th- like, the, the Tebow games were more fun because. It's Tebow. Right. Like, <laughs> it's not Peyton <clears throat> Manning putting up 18 well, points. Yeah, so. you didn't have any expectations, and then crazy shit just kept happening, and mm-hmm. you were like, this is the weirdest stretch of football I've ever seen. And. And the Manning, like the fifth, the 2015 Broncos were just grueling to sit through. They really were. And what's mm-hmm. funny is you get the bye week at 6-0. and Again, no one's happy. <laughs> but then you turn around, and I believe it was Monday night football. It might No, Sunday night football. Yeah. You blow mm. out Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Yep. And I think that's when people started to think, like, oh, it's the defense that carries this team. And yep. Peyton actually had a good game and whatnot. And so then everyone starts to believe again. Well... Then you get blown out, or sorry, you lose <laughs> yeah. to the uh, to the Colts. That's the eye poke mm-hmm. game, um, yep. and then you get blown out by the Chiefs the very next week. And it's like, okay, and that's obviously the Peyton Manning awkward record game, um, where he sets the yardage record, mm-hmm. but he's like throwing picks on every other play, yep. and the Broncos lose twenty nine thirteen to the Chiefs. Yep. That, that that's the game that started the losing streak to the Chiefs. They still haven't beat them. Yes, and then of course the Brock era starts, and it kind of changed. I think maybe that's when it changes. When it's I mean, like the, now it's house money, kind of the overtime win over New England. Right, that was incredible. Was fun. That was. It was so a, like that was a fun football game because that's, that's a I mean, team that's you have to go it through. Kind of changes as Brock comes in. There's like this new hope. 
maybe Brock is special, you know, turns out no. no. But th- but there was <laughs> I thought they should have kept was starting Brock him. Mania. Like, uh, yeah. You got a jersey. You were oh, one of yeah. Yeah. thousands. Man ref my first touchdown pass. Sucker. <clears throat> and because of that, I think it, it rejuvenates the season a little bit, makes it a little more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, week 17 against the Chargers. To me, this is the moment. You're going to ask me what's the lasting moment. Yeah. At least from a regular season standpoint, this is the lasting moment is Peyton comes back in. Yeah. And leads cool. them to win. And again, through all of the bullshit, all of the complaining, What's, They're the number one seed. Well, yep. what, what felt terrible <laughs> about Peyton coming back in is like the things that were happening weren't Brock's fault. I know. Like yeah. you got like CJ Anderson C. Fumbles. like fumbling multiple times in that game. Yep. You're just like, look, they just need a different energy here. Yep. It's like pulling a goaltender that's gotten left hanging out to dry, right? Where you're yep. just like, you, you just you're trying to change the energy here. You're just trying to flip a switch, and then he comes back in, and it's like, well, and there's an all-time great clip mic'd up in the huddle as he's coming out and i can't remember who starts it might have been columbus but they just go peyton fucking manning and then another guy's <laughs> peyton fucking manning and, he, and then he goes and he leads them and they win and they get the one seed which is just like the, <laughs> yeah i mean, I mean the every, new england, new england every moment of the season away. sucks given yep. their point differential the expected wins were 9.7 for that season <laughs> and you're the one seed and they're the one seed and and it comes into play it comes it into play big time. It oh, comes into play how big funny time. was that? And, and then you go throws that thing away at the end. Yep, and Bob that's Miller story where, after that. Right, as I was going to say, and that's when the defense truly cements themselves as one of the greatest defense of all time because they go through Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, and not just any Cam Newton. Unani- I believe unanimous MVP yeah. Cam. Newton. That was MVP Cam Newton. Yeah. Like, yep. We're gonna. You look back on it and you're like, well, Cam Newton. But it's like that was MVP Cam. He was a freak. He was the future of the league. He was, and so. You know, Vaughn obviously goes crazy. Demarcus Ware, just like full on in a similar way that like EJ just like turned back to the clock during yep. these playoffs. Well, and like Demarcus Ma- Ware just turns back the clock. Well, Malik Jackson puts himself in line for ninety million dollars. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. Um, meanwhile, the no fly zone mm-hmm. is you know really becomes the no fly zone. Yeah, um, and it, it it's a, just an incredible run into that Super Bowl where mm-hmm. once again. The Broncos are heavy underdogs. Yeah. Seven-point dogs, I believe. Um, And I'll just say this from being there. I was in Santa Clara and going, you know, Mm -hmm. every morning to the Broncos media availability, and then you go to the Panthers media availability. And the Broncos had this, like, quiet confidence and swagger about them. Mm -hmm. And it was so palpable. It was just like, man, like this team doesn't need, doesn't feel like they need to prove anything to anyone, but you can tell they just believe it. And you go and see the Panthers, and it was this fake, tough swagger mm-hmm. like that was like very manufactured and like the, the dude ha- that has to tell everybody he bad all the time. Yes, yeah. exactly. Then he and gets it was punched like, in the mouth, and he not that bad yeah. anymore. And I was just like, I don't actually think they believe that they're those guys yeah they're just mm-hmm. trying to make everyone else think they're those guys and i just remember sitting there and talking to a couple other media members and i was just like the broncos are winning this game like just look at the way that they're acting and you um, remember like the the other storyline when you watch on tv everybody's picking the panthers but what they're saying is you know panthers have the number one offense in the league broncos are like below the middle of the pack broncos have the number one defense in the league 
Panthers have the number two defense in the league. Right. That difference, though, between what the Panthers had on defense and just the all-time sort of defense the Broncos had, like that, there was one really elite group that played in that game that will be remembered forever, and that's why they won. And it's and it's it was an there's all-time so few, all-time top five ever. You can't argue it. There's yep. so few memorable offensive moments in that game from the Broncos. I know, but you can remember damn near every defensive possession. Yeah, you know, it either ends in a strip sack or a, you know, a, like three straight QB pressures resulting yep. in a three and out. It's just like one after another. There's obviously a keep to leave like slinging Philly Brown uh, 20 feet with his face oh mask. Oh my god, trying to explain to my grandmother that it was actually not that bad of a play to, to get a personal <laughs> foul. It's like, it's four yards, it doesn't really matter, he set the tone. I think Akeem got two personal fouls in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. In today's NFL, he's ejected. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> could you imagine? Could you imagine? Lasting moment? Like I said, Peyton, Peyton coming, coming back? back into the huddle, and then this one's for Pat. Yeah, this one's for Pat. Also, I mean, that C.J. Anderson overtime run. Any of those Vaughn sacks in the playoffs, it's tough to pick one. The strip sack is probably the one. The strip sack touchdown, like that's that's tough to beat. Yeah, the strip sack where he flipped it behind him. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) T.J. Ward picks it up and falls down at the one yard line. play. And it takes him seven tries to get it in (laughs) from there. I mean, also like Cam Newton just staring at the ball on the ground in the Super Bowl and jumping back from (laughs) it. (sighs) We've got one more to talk about. Uh, I bet you guys know where this one's going. Uh, this you could be you may have heard. Quick, I, mean. I think we've handled it. Yeah. Uh, the Avs just won the Stanley Cup a couple days ago. We just lived through it. Um, I mean, lasting moment. What is it? Real quick, before we do that, shout out to Ivaca TV, uh, uh. who is allowing fans to follow it with these teams, um, specifically the Avs, uh, and the Nuggets, and the Rockies, and the Rapids. Um, so make sure you check out our friends over at Ivaca TV. It's so cheap. Uh, it's a great way to follow these teams. Who knows mm-hmm. if they're even going to be back on TV next year? Yeah. Uh, so Avaka's there for you if you want to watch the Avs. If you became an Avs fan during this run when all the games were on national TV, well, you're going to need Avaka so you can watch them next year. And also Manscaped. Uh, everybody talks about like looking good in the warmer months. God, take care of yourself so that you smell good too. That's where my my Manscaped is here to help you uh, take care of the things you need to take care of. Uh, Manscaped's ultra smooth package makes sure you have the proper care for down there and their Boxers 2.0 gives you the perfect stage to show off the new look. The products may make you look hot, but your cleanly shaved nethers will keep you cool, especially with the Boxers 2.0 patented jewel pouch technology <laughs> that keeps your boys from turning any beach days into a swamp day. Uh, dive headfirst into summer by joining the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and you'll get 20% off and free shipping by going to manscaped.com slash DMVR. It's just great writing. It is. It's, it's so good. We got high over this. Um, so lasting moment from this year's Avalanche Cup run. Real quick, I think it's important to set the stage at least a little bit. Okay. Okay. Uh, in terms of the back to back to back round two losses, mm-hmm. um, like the way that this team was the Stanley Cup favorite last season, they win the Presidents Trophy last season. Obviously, they go up two two zero on Vegas. It doesn't end up happening. Like, it's such an important part of the story to me that they were trending towards being one of those teams mm-hmm. of like, oh, they just can't get it done. Um, but this, With this, San Jose Sharks, yeah. Mm-hmm. But this, and I remember you talking about San Jose, you know, just a couple years ago. Like, don't take the window for granted because if you do, it, it, and it doesn't come, it, you know, before you know it. All these guys are going to be old and nothing will be there. But um, 
it was uh, to me it was very clear throughout many moments of the season that this team was different yeah i mean that that what was it 19 home games in a row they won yeah i mean you could just watch just if you sit there and watch those games like it was obvious that team was it's special God, i forgot yeah. about that streak yeah i already forgot about it <laughs> that was so, so long ago so fun they're just such a wagon ends to arizona I know, and I, that was that was the one where I was like, "Oh, I got to bet big on this." There's yep. no way they're losing, and then bang! I was surprised money. I didn't see more Coyotes fans taking a victory lap about having a winning record against the Abs this year. <laughs> I'm not gonna take shots at Coyotes fans. <laughs> That's so sweet of you. Um, yeah, lasting moment. Yeah, for me, the lasting moment of this year. It's not a moment, but it's just Kale McCarr's ascent. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's the realized potential, you know, talking to, oh, he could be so special. He could be this. He could be that. Well, he just won the con Smythe. He just had the, <laughs> what, third or fourth highest scoring postseason fourth, in yeah. NHL history by a defenseman. Uh, he just won the Norris Trophy with an 86-point 80, season. Uh, and the guy that he beat, he turbo dunks on in round one head-to-head. Mm-hmm. Uh, as he puts up nine points in four games and becomes the first defenseman <laughs> ever to do that, uh, he just it, he just ascended the throne. And, you know, on draft day when these, these kids get drafted in all sports, we always talk about, oh, it could be this, it could be that. Mm-hmm. Could, the excitement here and the excitement there, but to actually just see it. Yeah. And to see a guy realize that potential and to understand as it's, as it's in – taking place that this is what we're seeing is special that it's rare that he's a freak that he's gonna he's putting himself on the path to be uh one of the two or three best players at his position in nhl history that there isn't a comparable for him that he's he's that guy you know and look i don't i I say this with no disrespect but there have been nathan mckinnon's there have been great centers in nhl history Nathan McKinnon's not even the greatest center in Avalanche history. Yeah. He's not even the second greatest center in Avalanche history. Which is not a knock on him in it's, any way. It's not, but it's it goes to show you that there are those dudes. Like, there are guys like that. There's a lot more of them, and there's nobody like Kale McCarr. Yeah. Like, Kale McCarr is the difference. He is the difference in attitude. He is the difference in the way that the Avs play. He is the difference in how teams can defend Colorado he is the difference in how teams attack Colorado he is everything about him um is just different and I think this is the year he's 23 years old and he's won the Calder trophy he's won the Conn Smythe he's won the Norris he's won a Stanley Cup and the Hobie Baker and and he's the only I mean but I mean ever to do that but I mean as yeah. he's 23 years old and he's won all of that he's basically NHL hardware the only he's got two things left to do that's win a heart how and many D men have done that? Go into the Hall of Fame. A defenseman hasn't won the heart since 2001 when Chris Pronger won it. Or I think he's gonna it's going to happen. To me, this. I, he's the kind of guy yeah. that, that could put himself in that position. The hardest part will be the team around him yeah. continues to be good, good. And people want to punish McCarr mm-hmm. for having good teammates and saying, okay, but he's got all this talent to play with, not realizing that all that talent has gotten so much better than it ever mm-hmm. was listen to ej after the cup what can they take from you get a kill mccarr <laughs> that's insane and to me 
this you, I, I agree. This was to me, Kale McCarr became the best hockey player in the world during this playoff run, mm-hmm. and I'm not going the, there. But. In the same way that um, Dallas fans could chant Eddie's better, I can do that because they beat McDavid. Um, <laughs> but fair enough. Um, he's at least in the conversation now. And what, I, what what's so cool is that the <clears throat> national media became very aware of it. You know, everyone knows Kale McCarr. He won the Norris, mm-hmm. but the conversations that started happening about Kale McCarr were like. Oh God, he is so much better than any so, other defenseman in the league. This Bobby Orr thing, like that's that guy's been the untouchable, right? Yep. And yeah. then it was Paul Coffey, and then it was like, well, Paul Coffey didn't really play a lot of defense. <laughs> and then, you know, and then and then it was we went into the era of Scott Stevens and Chris Prongers, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the bruisers that really took over. Uh, and now you're back. You're you're like, oh, he's actually just Bobby Orr. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's the kind of that's the caliber of player we're talking about here. For Okey me, dokey. the lasting moment is the third period against the Lightning, <laughs> where again I talk about how this team was different and it felt like they just had this drive that they were going to get the cup. <laughs> and in that third period, they were just like, "Fuck everything." Yeah. No way we're losing this game. The first shot on goal that they give up is a dump in from center ice 11 minutes in. I've never seen anything <laughs> like it in terms of a team hitting another gear. Like, they're at the finish line of an Ironman, and they yep. turned it up to a new level for 20 minutes. And I think it all culminates, like, that whole effort culminates in Landy's skate getting knocked off, and he's, he's getting dragged yep. off the ice. And it's just like they One, left who's... they left everything, including their skate blades, on the ice for that last 20 minutes. Ten seconds left. Who's, it, who's down in the corner at the other end of the ice, 200 feet away from his own net, forechecking to, Kale keep, McCarr. to keep the puck from oh. getting out cleanly? It's Kale McCarr. Of course. Forechecking Steven Stamkos, 200 feet away. It, it, it just the individual efforts when you go back and watch the final ninety seconds of that game. It's they are the, like the lightning. The lightning get nothing. They literally swallowed the lightning whole mm-hmm. in the third period, and we're just like, no, this is over. It's over. You, there's we aren't even gonna let you get close. And they got one. Yep. They got one chance. Yeah, two. The weirdest uh, for me, the very defining part of this whole season was some random Boston game where they played like complete shit. The third period, they're like, we're not losing today. They come back from a 3-0, tie it, take it overtime, and win the game. Yeah, That's it, when it was I knew one they of those yeah. teams that just yep. had it. But, but you're okay, so they get two chances, but, you know. They get a, they get two on one, the Kucherov misses, the and then they get oh, okay. they get the one-timer that Kucherov puts into Kemper's yep. chest. Yep. And Kemper, Kemper has to make that save. That's and, the save where you're like, yep. We said all playoffs, else, just need Darcy to make everything, one. Everything, everything... Like you forget all of it that puts you in that moment, and you're like, "This is the save that he has to make." Yep, and he makes it, and there's no rebound. Other moment I'd throw out there: that third period when they win seven zero. That's just a party. Like Ball Arena is just going insane. You're up seven zero. I mean, just take a two zero lead, which doesn't mean you're going to win, but you're in great shape and you're playing like that. Mm-hmm. Who scores those two goals? <laughs> Kale, Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr scores a shorthanded goal. He kills fifty five seconds of a penalty. Wow. All right. And they're up five nothing. It's the third period. He gets the puck, <laughs> and instead of just being like every other NHL defenseman in the entire NHL, every single one of them in that situation, puck comes to their blade. They would have just flipped it out. Yep. And instead, he takes it and he goes, "Yeah, we're going to attack this." <laughs> 
And he goes down, he scores a shorthanded goal. Yep. Yep. And you're just like... <laughs> What's so interesting is in those in game two, the Avs had scored so many two-on-one goals in, in those two games. Like, I don't yeah. even... I, I can't count them. Four or five? And then they did... I don't even think they got another good opportunity out at the rest of the series. Like, credit to Tampa. They kind of... Because... Got back they on just, their ice. And it, and it, was, it wasn't even Oof. the one-timer. It was the... The you know the guy with the puck just beating Vasilevsky well, that's because every time. The other guy on the other end of those two on ones kept being Andrew Cogliano, who couldn't <laughs> shoot. Didn't Josh Manson just like have a three on one and just call his own number? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Puts it, put it in. One with in that same game, he scores the second goal of game two <laughs> to make it two nothing. Yep. He just he puts it. It's the same play as McCars. All right, we got hit that super chat. Then we're gonna get your guys' rankings real quick before we get out of here. Uh, this comes in from El Josarino. Uh, he says. Love the Stanley Cup. Mission accomplished. I can't get by the consistent winning by the Bolts. Whining. On, whining. That makes way more sense on every goal because they did not win. You got to get by that, bro. But good God. <laughs> so I'm talking to AJ about this on Sunday night. And he's like, you should have seen me on the watch along. So uh, I get home that night and I went back and watched the watch along. And when they score the second goal and they're whining again, AJ has... An epic meltdown that literally <laughs> will make you so happy to watch now. I need to go find that. Yeah. I was big man. <laughs> yes. If you haven't if you pulled up, it. yeah. Oh, uh, let's hit these <coughs> rankings real quick. Uh, AJ. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, can we pull the? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I don't, know I don't think we can do both at the same time. It's, okay, it's we, we're trying to pull up the rankings. Yeah, we can, to we can find this. We can. Okay. So I, but re, the reason why I was angry about this, <laughs> right, is uh, because like you, you have to, you, you have to like lose with some grace here. Absolutely. And uh, like you give up a goal, and like I understand that you're upset that like a thing has happened that 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 goes against you, but. Really? Can yeah? I was gonna say, can we mute that while you guys look? <laughs> um, and I just it, it, it was it was every single thing that went against Tampa Bay for three games now. It was it was crying, constant whining, whining about mm-hmm. everything. And I'll just chime in. I think it's one of the great parts of hockey that this mm-hmm. usually doesn't happen. Yeah, you know, like you watch basketball, you expect to see them whine and moan about yeah. every single thing. Every that goes against call, them. and it happens in a lot of sports. It really doesn't happen that much in hockey. Yeah, like they'll yeah. talk to the refs, like they'll have conversations and stuff, but you don't see guys like, uh, like well, and, slamming and their sticks. You don't sticks. see Pat Maroon full on two handing Josh Manson because he's big mad. Yeah, you don't see Steven Stamkos shooting the puck at the referee mm-hmm. after he calls a blatant penalty. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was everything and both goals. They're they they're like, come here, come here, come come yeah. talk to me. And they gave him so much time. Yeah, it's like the first one was like three minutes. It's like, and I was like, there's nothing challengeable here. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, so. This Grant, is this I get, is yeah. so I get, good. I get to watch me lose this my is shit. So good. I've never seen this. I was mad, dude. Okay. Let me just tell you, I was really lit up. This was. <laughs> this is honestly ep- an epic moment. It's nothing like. Moment of the playoffs. It's gonna be really loud. <laughs> 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 Shut the fuck up! Shut the fuck up, Tampa Bay! Shut your goddamn mouth! 
Pass. Oh my god. Every goal, bro! <laughs> this best pass, and then pass it off the defender's skate. The other direction. Totally calculated. There is nothing Ooh. there. There's All nothing right. there, bro. What are you complaining about? Uh, are you complaining so because you're a little bitch? I mean, is he is all. He is Pat Maroon. <laughs> and he two hands it. Oh, he saw it coming too. What Just a little bitch. It looks like NASA. <laughs> <laughs> that should be fucking two minutes. It, it should, should be. be it bro. should absolutely be two it minutes. Been more. <laughs> How the fuck can you whine when you keep getting every goddamn break under the sun? Thank you for the ten dollars, Alex. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get some American bucks in there as well. <laughs> What are they reviewing? <laughs> what are you bitching about? All right, let's go. That was honestly so. Uh, I watched that the next day, oh, probably four times. Wow. <laughs> All right, yeah, can we uh, can we pull up AJ's rankings first? Sorry for derailing. <laughs> it's all good. Oh, it's all good. All right, let's see what we got. Number one here. <laughs> All right. There it is. 2001 so I, Avs. I, the only reason that I have 2001 over 2022 Avs was Patrick Waugh versus Darcy Kemper. Okay. Mm. Uh, if Darcy Kemper had been a little better in the postseason, mm -hmm. I think I would be more comfortable putting this year's team. This year's team, I think, is one of the most dominant in NHL history, postseason, regular mm -hmm. season, everything considered. Uh, they that, that was one of the most impressive wire-to-wire -wire performances that we've ever seen. But... If we're stacking them up, Patty Waugh had big moments. He won that Conn Smythe for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Because he had to help get that team across the finish line. And uh, Darcy Kemper was not that guy this year. Now, he didn't have to be, as we saw. But I think that was the, the only difference. That, that was the only thing that kept me from putting this year's team at number one. <clears throat> this is an interesting start because it's telling me our rankings are going to be very different. Yeah. <laughs> number Sorry. two. Let's get it's number gonna two be the other there. Yep, makes right. sense. Talked about that. And I wanna, I wanna stress that this is more like one A, one B, one C with yep. the '98 okay. Broncos, because okay. the '98 Broncos were absolutely dominant. They yep. kicked the shit out of everybody. <laughs> um, their biggest thing for the '98 Broncos for me is that I don't think they were really tested in the playoffs. Um, but that's why we'll get to no, that. Well, and and <laughs> that's not their fault because. There's the big what if. We even had it in chat. What if it was Minnesota? Yeah. And I think mm -hmm. there's – with both both of those Avalanche teams, didn't have that. They took down the defending champs, and they did it – Well, in, in, you know, the 01, it was seven. But this okay. one this one was pretty – the 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 Avs beat the Lightning this year pretty pretty convincingly. I thought uh, so too, yeah. Close, you know, two overtime wins. Where if you talk yourself into That's it, crazy. but if you also go back and watch those overtimes, the Lightning were not in either one of those games. I Number go four, see the final tally. I tweeted out the tally before the Stanley Cup final of what the Avs shots mm -hmm. on goal were against other yeah. teams in overtime. But I think it ends up being like something around. Well, the first one wasn't very long, so the numbers aren't very big because the abs ended it like two minutes in, and then the second one was ten to three. I think it's forty to twelve. Yeah, it was completely dominant. The abs trashed overtime this in this yeah. postseason. I think it's forty to twelve. Um, but yeah, so I had ninety-eight Broncos as as a very, very, very close, mm -hmm. like like you're gonna have them higher, and I'm gonna be completely fine with that. And mm -hmm. then I think I think this one uh, is really easy. The ninety-seven Broncos were a great team; mm -hmm. they weren't an all-time great team. But they also weren't like, um, like a, a forgettable champion. Like 2015. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But they're not a powerhouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the then, top three are powerhouses. Yeah. yeah. The top th- the top three are, are teams that you can make arguments for, top five teams ever in their respective yeah. in their respective sports. And number five, you've got the ninety six Avs. Yeah, ninety six is the ninety six Avs a, a great hockey team, but if you go back and look at that defense, they really got by with uh Solid players, but nobody really no. They they didn't have that dude, you know. Right, right. Oh, one you have uh, Bork, Blake, and Foot. This year we have Makar, Taves, uh, Byram. Byram. Yeah, mm-hmm. Byram. Um, next year, next year you're gonna have <laughs> next year you're gonna have those guys again. Um, but the '96 guys like uh, Krupp was he was great in that run. Yep. Uh, Sandus Ozilinch was great in that run, but they they weren't like that caliber of player. Right. But they all had big. They were all involved in huge moments. So and then the '20s is the only Broncos? one that is in yep. the same spot as yeah. Me. The 2015 Broncos was very clearly <laughs> the worst of those teams. I'm s- yeah. I'm so glad we have like a a new championship in our adult lives. Yeah. <laughs> Championships are fun. They Championships are, are fun. Yeah. Let's that, see. Let's see Ryan. This was the most fun I've ever had watching sports. Was this Avs run? That's um, fair. All right, number one, ninety-eight Broncos. Um, I went back and forth hard between my number one and number two. This uh, this was like a grueling exercise. I didn't mm-hmm. even really enjoy it. Um, <laughs> I was I spent almost my entire plane ride working on this this morning, and that makes me feel bad because I literally did mine while I was asleep. <laughs> I I just couldn't decide. What I came down to with this is like, they just didn't even ever have a moment of doubt. And I don't really think this Avs team did either. Um, you could make a case when it was like 1 1 against the Blues, people were a little nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's when Kendall got written. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, would say, I would say people got a little jumpy. But this, that, the 98 Broncos, it was just like, everyone just get out of the way. Like a wagon's coming down the tracks. And. The way they beat teams too, just running the ball all over them, yeah, is just like so demoralizing. Like they just beat the shit out of everyone. Mm-hmm. So that was my deciding factor. Physically dominant football team is yep. a rare one. And I even looked at like percentage of games played. Like I, I was doing <laughs> math on my calculator. Like they were, they just won. Uh, they won at such an insane rate, um, and they won so easily most of the time that I just mm-hmm. had to go with them. Number two. Number two. 2022 Avalanche. Okay. Um, I put them over the 2001 Avalanche just because they weren't no game sevens is, mm-hmm. is basically what, what it well, came down to. They, to you know, an, another thing about the 2001 team that I didn't mention, but you lose Peter Forsberg and you win two rounds yep. without Peter Forsberg. Yep. And so that is the kind of adversity that this year's team, like, no offense to Sam Gerrard, of course, but I mean, come on. Yeah, Sam Gerrard. Like Sam, like Sam Gerrard, but he got replaced seamlessly by Bo and Byram. Yeah, yep. a good break for the Abs, but I mean, <clears throat> losing Peter Forsberg, there was no replacement for that. Mm-hmm. And you could tell by the end of that 2001 run that that depth had taken its toll. Uh, that the, the injuries had really piled up for him because the, that top six, you know, it's Tangay, it's Hayduke, it's it's Sackick, uh, it's Chris Drury, but it's also dan high note yep and I, that that did not happen to this year's team this year's team was a lot deeper at forward mm-hmm. because i mean they, they they get by without a 61 point player in andre burkowski who opened their postseason on the third line what's really interesting about what you said and why you had uh the 2001 abs up so high was because of patrick waugh <clears throat> and the reason why I, one of the reasons why i put the 2022 avalanche over 01 
is because the 2022 Avalanche didn't need Patrick Waugh. And that's a fair, mm-hmm. this is also a fair point mm-hmm. that I'm totally open to, is that they were such an incredibly well-built yes. team that they got by with the worst goaltending that a cup champion has had in 40 years. Right. And, and it's like, if you put Patrick Waugh on that team, what, do they then undefeated. just win those extra four games? <laughs> yes, yes. Like, do they maybe, do, does Patrick Waugh steal one extra game for you, maybe? Uh, maybe? I don't I, know. I, do they, I don't know. They might go 82-0 and 16-0 and so, in the postseason. Yeah, so, like, that, uh, I'm completely open to also this. This is a, it's a perfectly fair point. Like, I think about the way my heart was beating when Patrick Waugh is stealing game six of the Stanley Cup final, and it's just like, Every it felt like he had to save their asses like over and over and over again. It was like Darcy just like had to make some routine saves in game yeah. six. And yeah, well, when you look at the third period of game six, you're like, what the goal he have to do? He made one save, one, one memorable save. Yeah, and so that's why I'm just like, this team from top to bottom was just so unbelievable that I, I honestly, it was between these two for one for me. Um, and then uh, number three is 2001 Avs. Okay. Um, number four. 96 Avs. Why 96 over the, over the Broncos? <sighs> or is it like they're kind of the same tier of champion and that's kind of where splitting hairs here? <clears throat> yeah, okay. I mean... I'm cool with that. I, I didn't really... Obviously, you know, they're right around the same era of my life, which is very, very young. <laughs> so I didn't have like a lot of nuance to compare it to. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think with the... Oh, and w- one other thing I wanted to say about 98 on top. Four Hall of Famers on that team. Mm-hmm. Do that. Do that. Twenty twenty two Avs or does two thousand one Avs have four Hall of Famers? Yes. Like that, yeah. Are you serious? So it's Forsberg, Waugh, Sackick. Sackick, oh, and Blake, and, and Blake, and Bork. Bork. So five. Yeah. Okay. And then you have Adam Foot, who is considered a border. Like he won't ever get in. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Adam Foot and Milan Hayduk are both guys that are like. But mm-hmm. that wasn't anyway. the conversation I wanted to have. Sure. The conversation is twenty twenty two. How many Hall of Famers does that? Team uh, have? You're gonna have you're gonna have McKinnon. Yep, you're gonna have Carr. You're gonna have Byram. Oh, oh, he calls Byram. Yeah. I like that. Does Landy have an outside shot? No. Oh, and I'm sorry. You're gonna have Miko. I. I said both of them. My bad. Uh, yeah, my bad. You said Bo Byram. Oh no. I okay. Said, uh, but Miko. Yeah, yeah La- but Landy Land- Landy won't get in. He just hasn't had that kind of career. The stats, right? Yeah. yeah. But I think maybe if if they go and steal a couple more cups. Well, and if he continues, let's say Landis Cog plays at a because he's been a point per game guy the last couple of years. Let's say he does three more years of point per game. Couple more what, cups what and could, two cups. Yeah, if he gets two more cups, then I think you're talking about the J- Jonathan Taves. You're the leader of this of whole a thing. Dynasty. Uh-huh. You yes. have to. Yeah, if you're the face, if you're the captain of a dynasty, I think in, in that case he probably gets in. All right. But you're but you're then putting this Avalanche group up there with the '80s Oilers, the '80s Islanders, yep. mm-hmm. uh, the the Taves, the 2010s Blackhawks. You're talking about among the greatest groups of players in NHL history. And Personally, I don't see any reason why they can't. So, yeah, they for sure. They need to like, do it. It's absolutely yeah. possible, but it's not. It's uh, you're asking as I as I sit yeah. here today, I would say Landeskog is on the out. Yeah. He has he has a lot more work to do. But so does Miko Rantanen. And right, yeah. but Miko Rantanen has been a point is a point yeah. per game player five years into his career. Yeah, and if he has five more years of that, yeah, then he can do that thing where he gets old. 
and he has 60 points in 80 games for five years, and it doesn't matter. Yep. And he ends up he ends up with 1,300 points, and he ends up with 500 goals, and he's got a Stanley Cup and maybe another one. And, you know, maybe he has, like, a heart Trophy caliber season or something in him because he's still young enough that we can have that conversation. Yep. And maybe you get I, I now remember in why I put 96 Avs over 97 Broncos, and that is because they dominated the championship. You know, they sweep uh, the Panthers. <clears throat> Whereas, like, the Broncos, it was a close game. You don't take anything away from that. Yeah, but the 97 Broncos beat a real team there. And the 96 Panthers are one of the worst teams to ever make the cup finals. <laughs> As proven by the Fs. Well, <laughs> and, and I mean, like, you don't like you don't want to take it. Like, they beat good teams to get there. Yeah. They beat the, those Penguins teams. Yep. You know, with all the Hall of Fame talent. They beat, like, and <clears throat> they, they did that. They won those games. They got there. But... When in NHL history, they are one of the weakest uh, Cup Finals teams to ever get there. And the last spot here, last one. Like I said, I think it's the one that we were matched up on, which is 2015. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yep. They were just miserable. The one, <laughs> the one thing that I don't think I gave the Avalanche enough credit. Now that I think about it back, is the fact that they beat Detroit, the 62 win yes. Red Wings in the in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that um, was the Stanley Cup, and that and that in, ended up being. I mean, your three of your final four, you had such a good chance at an amazing cup final between either Detroit and Colorado against Pittsburgh. Yeah. And then Florida wins that thing, and you're like, well, Thanks. I guess they get to get run over now. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, but the Avs, going, the Avs going through the 62-win uh, Red Wings is something I probably did not give them enough credit for, oddly enough. We will revisit this yes, ranking next year when we have to figure out where to place the 2023 Avalanche. Do we do it? Between the Nuggets and Avalanche championships, <laughs> or do we just wait till they both win? Well, we gotta wait. <laughs> we gotta wait till they both win. Well, okay. Jokic is gonna do something that the NBA has never seen uh, before is. in his Aver- first finals. Average he triple is. double in the yeah. finals. Like straight up, he's oh. going to. Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be like a 40, 15, and ten kind of thing. Oh. I was gonna get us out of here, Let's but I like go. where this is going. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. that's know, gonna like, that's gonna do it for today. Uh, we'll be back next week. I think next week we're actually gonna talk about uh, who is. Which which teams deserve the most to be champions out of Denver, but didn't get the championship? So we'll talk about you know twenty twelve Broncos that sort of stuff. Um, oh, the two thousand Abs. Okay, that team was so good, okay. man. I like this. We've already got a. Uh, I know, I know. It's old teaser. We're gonna cut it off right there. Oh, be back next abs? week. We'll be President's talking trophy. about then. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Give us a like on the way out, and uh, that'll do it for the Denver Sports Podcast. Yes. Ah, yeah, nailed it. Nailed it. There we go. See you, See you next guys. week. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.